Hey, agency owners, it's time for a new episode of the Agency Blueprint, the number one podcast for agency owners looking to discover strategies for scaling an agency to seven figures and beyond, while reducing stress and getting your personal life back. I'm your host, Robert Patton, international bestselling author, agency scale partner, and founder of Creative Agency Success. Before we get started today, I'd like to send you a copy of our brand new book, The Practical Agency, written specifically to help creative agency owners go beyond the creative side and build systems to simplify and quickly scale their agency to $100,000 a month. Go to creativeagencysuccess.com forward slash practical agency to claim your free copy. And now for the show. Hey, everyone. We have Juliana Morlanda joining us today. So most business owners get to a point where their business is working, but they just don't know how to scale. And that's where Juliana comes in. A business operations expert with over 20 years of experience across Wall Street, the nonprofit sector, technology startups, and family-owned businesses. Julie and her team at Scale Time have now served over 500 digital agencies, featured in Forbes, Entrepreneur, and she helps level up businesses into a lean, mean, and profitable machine, which we love. Thanks so much for joining us today, Juliana. Oh, thank you so much for having me here. So we're going to be talking about something super interesting. One, a thing that typically people kind of think of as not so sexy documentation, but then something that is incredibly sexy, AI. So how we can actually utilize AI to be able to really change how people utilize for documentation and process. So I'd love to kind of hear your sort of background and how you've sort of can utilize AI and kind of just a general understanding of the topic so that we can kind of frame everyone's mind around it. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm really excited about AI because I feel like it is the sexiest thing to happen to operations since like the internet, right? <laughs> and, you know, there's there's a lot of discourse right now, but I feel, you know, this really is our next wave of technology. And so you know, one of the reasons why I've gotten so much into AI, like I would consider myself a first adopter. My husband is also a data scientist. So our conversations are very geeky when it comes to, you know, like, oh, you know, what are we using for generative versus the tokenization versus the this? And so it's it's been a lot of fun to be able to play with the technology now for years, right? But now it's becoming way more advanced. Mm -hmm. And the acceleration, I think, is really what, the acceleration of adoption is what is, I think, one of the most fascinating things. I think when we're using AI, I would say for operations, right? Because I know you've done tons of work and deep dives into, like, how do we use it for marketing? But my slant is, how do we use it for operations? Now, what AI is really great at at least right now, and I would say in its relative infancy. It's fantastic at classification. It's fantastic at regeneration, right? Taking something and summarizing it. It is fantastic at being able to label things. And so from an operations standpoint, you know, two of the places where we have been working with it the most is one for documentation, right? So how do we create SOPs? you know, 5x, even 10x faster than we would, and customer insights, right? So I think those two places in operations right now, whether you're a business that started, you know, two days ago, or whether you've been in business for 25 years, can really help, you know, leverage your ability to be more efficient and to scale more effectively. 
And the other caveat that I would put out there is I do not believe that AI is a replacement for like an entire human. Um, right from my own personal like philosophy, right? Like there's yeah. so many, there's so much conversation right now of like, well, you know, like it beat the MCATs and it did this, you know, and, and, you know, and I'm like, okay, great. But do you want like a first year surgical intern, like opening you up? I don't think so. Right. Like would. <laughs> and also, like... <laughs> I mean, you're considering it being standardized testing as well, right? Like mm -hmm. it knows the answers exactly. to preformed questions versus thinking and, and problem mm -hmm. solving, which is so incredibly different. Absolutely. So how I think about the use of AI is like where in the workflow is it going to help you be more efficient? Where is it going to help, you know, your junior middle management and senior management either execute things or analyze data to make better decisions or do things faster? And how can it overall affect your profitability? Right. Because efficiency and productivity at the end of the day, what we want is like it to hit our bottom line. So yep. how are we using it effectively in that context? And I think if we can take it from that standpoint as as AI you know, becomes more intelligent, then we're having a much different conversation. Absolutely. I mean, you said two things that I think one, I think hits a really huge heartstring of everyone listening here is AI is not a replacement. It's an addition. It's a thing to help you be more effective, more efficient, and ultimately clean up some of the administrative stuff that that we get bogged down on day to day. The thing that I, I know in playing with AI myself, along with clients playing on it, like the prompts, especially for language models, the prompts and what you give it, the better the prompt, the better the end result that you actually get. So I'd love to hear a little bit more like a practical application. So let's let's say that I am right now looking to create a process around a, an existing system that I already have, but I'm looking to document it to get it off of my plate, which is a real practical thing that happens with agency owners every single day. It's like, hey, I'm doing this thing. I need to delegate it to someone else to be able to take, to take care of it so I don't have to do it anymore. How do I allow and utilize AI in that instance to be able to document, to create an SOP, to be able to pass that off? Yeah, absolutely. And so I think I'm going to back up a step, right? And just say, so the old way of of doing documentation in with velocity, let's say like in a speedy kind of way, would be to create some kind of video, right? Because it's easier if you are basically like verbally processing the thing as you are doing the mm -hmm. thing. So it doesn't become this like, oh man, like now I have to sit down and do documentation, right? Which nobody wants to do, right? Whether you're the owner, whether you're management, whether you're like, you know, like junior person, day one on the job, like no one wants to sit there and have something that's now going to be like 40% of their, like on top of their actual job, right? So with Velocity, you get a video, right? So whether you're training someone live, whether you're doing it for someone, you know, for the future, whether you bought it, right? or whether you gave someone real quickie instructions and you're like, hey, do the video now that like, tell me what you understand, right? So there's these kind of four ways of getting video done in a training aspect. So one is to get the video, right? And the old way was you get the video, you get some level of transcription, right? In the olden days, and by the olden days, I mean like five years ago, right? <laughs> I was going to say olden days of AI. Interesting. <laughs> like 
five years ago, right? Like pre-existing guy. Like you had to like send your transcriptions, right? And if you wanted it done on the cheap, like there was these, you know, different vendors that would then like, you know, transcribe it by hand and you were paying like anywhere between 60 cents to like a dollar a minute, right? Like now that's not the case. Then you would have someone, right? A human go in and take that transcription and then write like a decent step-by-step process, right? From that. And eventually maybe you would update it, right? One day, someday, hopefully. The new way, right, with AI is that we're using AI and technology every step of the way. So mm-hmm. in the practical application of things, right, you have now, if you're using any sort of video, almost everything is, you know, having free transcription or, you know, transcription for for minimum service fee, right? So you've got your your looms, your otters. If you're using Zoom, there's you know, a bunch of different add-ons that you can that you can tack on so that as you have video, the transcription is happening automatically, right? Yep. So so that is really awesome. In some cases, with tools like Grain, Fathom, Fireflies, you're also getting like summaries and action items, which is phenomenal. Right. Yep. So so now we've got that piece going, right? So that's one point of efficiency. Then the next point of efficiency is you are now taking that transcription and instead of giving it to a human, now the human still needs to like go ahead and like review it, right? Of course. But you're giving it to, I think the best one is ChatGPT. And, you know, like you can, if you're using Notion, if you're using ClickUp, if you're using a lot of our knowledge-based tools and now also project managers are getting on the AI bandwagon, right? So Mm -hmm. if you have those, you can use those as well, like anything that will do that generative piece. Now, you have transcription that is automatically done. Now, there are three prompts that I think are the most useful, and it's like your 80-20 of all SOP prompts, Mm -hmm. right? There is the creating something from scratch, like you just mentioned, Mm -hmm. right? So- There's that prompt and I can like give them to you and I could, you know, and, and I'll put them in the in the notes later on so people have a resource. That'd be great. Yeah, absolutely. So I created like a cheat sheet for GPT prompts for SOPs. And so we have the the creation prompt. Then there's the merge prompt. And the merge prompt is really for businesses that maybe you have like tons of documentation. Now your documentation has gotten hairy, right? Like Mm. now, you know, maybe you have people going in there and they've done, you know, like four different templates for the same thing. And you're like, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh, we got to play cleanup, right? So instead of, you know, there's different ways to prioritize like which SOP, but if if you're in go time, you can actually give the different SOPs to ChatGPT or to your AI generation and say like merge these and it'll actually create a merge of the different ones Hmm. and then the third prompt that i think is really fascinating that we have been playing with is a decision tree and that's really valuable for two use cases i would say one if you're doing an sop that requires analysis right so for anyone who's doing maybe like digital marketing And let's say you're doing reporting. So if like, if this, then that, 
if this, then that, right? So like if you have analysis, it's like if the cost per acquisition, if the cost, you know, if the lead per CPC, if the this, then that, right? So if you're trying to create any kind of analysis in your SOP, it can actually take the transcription, mm-hmm. figure out what the decision tree is and what you were saying, mm. and then spit it out, which is huge. That's amazing. The other use case for the decision tree is I believe SOP creation and documentation is a team sport, right? Instead of the owner or a particular champion in the organization who's like, we need to do this, you know, like, and oftentimes that happens and then you're trying to do it alone and it's like, it's a lonely road. It's a, you know, and it's a burdensome road. And it's also, you know, oftentimes people are trying to get it perfect. And then you never get to that. It's never going to be perfect, right? Because the first time no. you do something, it's perfection it's what you doesn't think exist. You no, know. exactly. Yeah. Oftentimes, perfection gets in the way of progress, and and so what we want to do is make sure that like different subject matter experts are are taking this on because it's their expertise that's really being documented anyway, yep. right? And making this a team effort. Yeah. If it's just you and you're starting out and like maybe you're getting your first hire, then you're the subject matter expert. And so with this thing in mind, right, sometimes, depending on who the subject matter expert is, they might not be the greatest explainer. And so in that point, like, you still want to get them to do it. But if you do the create the SOP, you know, if if they're kind of like all over the place or if they're rambling or, you know, and if they're giving it their best shot, if you ask for a decision tree instead of an SOP, it oftentimes gives you exactly what you need. Mm-hmm. And that's phenomenal, especially for the more complicated documentation that you need that is like deeper into the weeds. So you, I'm going to take for a moment and kind of surmise what I understood of what you're saying, because there's so much valuable stuff that you're talking about right now. I mean, the first thing that I would say, there's a lot of people get kind of stuck in this, um, exactly as you're talking about this idea of perfection, and they go into like, all right, what is the ideal system that I want to create? Rather than starting at like, what is the system that you're currently at today? And let's just document how we're doing it today. Sure, there's things that you can optimize. Sure, there's things that you can improve. But let's start where we are today, document that, and you can always make improvements from there. The other thing that I I think that we're kind of talking about, and I'd love to hear your opinion on, and then I'd like to summarize kind of like step by step of what you've talked about, is this like concept of I do not have SOPs today. And so like, here's all the SOPs that I need to create. And then they end up looking at like, here's 100 or 35 or however many you need to go and create. And then you're like, I feel overwhelmed. There's too many. And then you avoid. The The way that I like to think about SOPs is I didn't think about it like for me when I started creating SOPs for my own businesses. I looked at what am I doing right now? Like what are the things that I shouldn't be doing and I need to just get off my plate? And so I would just record a video to pass it off to someone else. Here's what needs to be done. And then just do those over time. And then that was the basis of the SOPs that were then created by someone else so that I didn't have to do it. But that allowed for me to kind of identify the things that were most important and were going to have the most impact to save my time and then my manager's doing the same thing so that they can save their time and continue to pass it down the line of, of the organization. What are your thoughts on that? Would you agree with that kind of sentiment? What would you say? Yeah, absolutely. So I think in order to pass down information, like I said, like you want to start with a video because it's the quickest, easiest, fastest way to do it, right? Yeah. And and I would say to that, right, like I'm I'm a big proponent of even if you're just doing videos, right, or or whatever it looks like to put together an internal knowledge base or a wiki, right, to have a place where 
no matter what state your SOPs are in, right? Whether they're videos, whether they're videos and, you know, you got like your your mini SOP, you got your long form SOP, you got criteria, Mm -hmm. you know, like whatever the state of them are in, we want to start centralizing them with some level of table of contents, right? Mm -hmm. Because what that's going to do is it's going to start to organize things so that A, people can find them. And B, you can start to identify like, okay, this is good, but it needs to be updated. Or, you know, this is great. We should actually break it up into two. Or, oh, wow, an algorithm just changed, right? Like there's an external event. We need to tweak this, right? And so, so when we do that, we start to create almost in a sense, like a project plan around your SOP creation that we can have inside of the wiki. If you have a new hire, they can find things. And so, you know, you look super legit. And if you have managers, like they know where to go to start updating things and they can start taking ownership. So I would say like when it comes to anything operations wise, I I have to say like you create, then you standardize, then you optimize. So if you're thinking about the first step is just like the video creation, that is an excellent first step. Yep. So one of the things that I sort of have done and this was you know later on but one of the things that i really thought about because like we created from and now we're like diving into sops a bit more than ai and then let's move back to ai one of the things just i want to hit that really was important is that if someone can't find it that you were hitting on if they can't find it they don't have access to it it is never going to get used and i know so many clients have sops that they haven't been looked at they are largely out of date no one has access to it. No one even knows where they are or that they even exist in the first place. And so one of the things, just as a quick tip for that, one of the things that we do is within our project management system, we purposefully created our SOPs to be oriented to the different stages of a project or different stages of an execution item, a deliverable. And what we did was, is that within our project management tool, we have a link to the training video specifically for that task that's less than five minutes and a link to the SOP directly within that task. So if something needs to be updated, they know directly what's in it. We have an SOP around updating SOPs as well, which very meta, but anyways. Oh, I love the meta. (laughs) (laughs) And just making sure that ultimately that you have your team having easy access to it. To kind of summarize what I heard from you is the steps to utilizing AI, and I want to get a little bit deeper into the prompt conversation, is first go through, create a video. You, we transcribe that video with whatever your preference is. So let's say it's Loom and then Otter to transcribe your, your video. You then put that into your AI language model with a prompt that then summarizes that SOP into the three different types of categories that you talked about and the three different types of utilization of AI. And then it actually provides you with the baseline that then needs to be reviewed and combed through by a person on your team to make sure that it falls in line. Is that kind of summarizing it well? Yeah, you did an excellent job. That's exactly it. Cool. I'd love to hear. So one of the things from me in looking at AI from a language model perspective, the prompts are just so incredibly important. And I was mm-hmm. curious in your experience with utilizing the prompts and like the the little cheat sheet that you've put together, how well has your has ChatGPT been able to actually follow the format? So each of us have our SOP format, like here's how it's how it follows, like here's all the different steps to exactly how it works, like generally likely lots of overlap between different organizations, but here's exactly how ours are formatted. Have you been able to see the AI language models be able to follow a 
that specific organization's format and like giving it an example and what is your experience there? I think I've been very good at that, right? And so one of the, you know, like I always have kind of like best practices for prompt creation. And so when it comes to SOPs, like the format, you know, especially if if you're having like the instruction piece of it, like the step-by-step format is pretty well known to most language models. I mean, at least to all of the ones that I've tested. And and so it can do that because that is pretty universal, right? Like if you have something that's, you know, if you're giving it extra information and you're, you know, then you're being specific about your particular format. Like, you know, I want you to list out the resources. I want you to give an objective for this. I want you to do at the beginning, right? Like you can modify the format piece of your SOP that makes it uniquely yours. But in terms of it just giving you a step-by-step instruction of of what your process is, it's pretty excellent. Hmm. And and I don't often say that about, you know, the AI models, but that piece, I'm like, wow, this is really good. That's phenomenal. I mean, I know for me, a lot of people kind of think of process and SOPs as the non-sexy thing. To me, it is like one of the most sexy things because that means I get my time back. I get my freedom. I don't have the stress, the stress of looming things over my head. I can delegate easier. I can know that it's going to get done. I can monitor, measure, and ultimately improve the business day to day with process. Like process is so core and fundamental. If you're in this journey right now, like absolutely take Juliana's advice to be able to utilize AI to help make the process more efficient in creating your SOPs, documenting them and getting them out of your head onto paper so that your team can use them. Juliana, it's been just so incredibly phenomenal having you on this episode and talking about this. I know that you have a gift for listeners, a scale map. You want to share a little bit about what that's about and where they can find it? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I know that when you are growing the agency, it can sometimes feel really grueling. And when we talk about, you know, Robert, you and I, we geek out and we're like, ooh, documentation is sexy. For most people, it feels like a root canal, right? And so (laughs) it doesn't have to be that way. And so I put together some resources for you at scaletime.co slash agency blueprint. And, you know, you can join our newsletter. And for three months, if you do that, you get sort of these quick action items for, you know, different things that might feel like big operational lifts, but you can start making progress, right? So we've got that there. We also have our five-minute diagnostic, and that has been incredible. We've turned it into an industry study. We've got over 600 participants. And why that's really cool for you is that you'll get a heat map, and you'll be able to actually see and uncover 50 operational gaps and wins And we will send that to you within 24 hours. So I definitely recommend to take the time to do that because it will show you where in your business you might need to, you know, create, standardize or optimize, whether it's documentation, whether it's your metrics, whether it's your workflows or your repeatable, you know, templates. So you can see it all in there. And, you know, if you're spinning your wheels or something really, you know, resonated, feel free to jump on a call, you know, book that with us. And and we're happy to just kind of create a roadmap for you so that you have, you know, great success within the upcoming quarters. And again, that's going to be there at scaletime.co slash agency blueprint. 
And for you guys especially, I will put in our cheat sheet for GPT prompts so that you can have that as well. Amazing. Thank you so much for joining us, Juliana. Make sure to check that out, everyone. That sounds like some phenomenal resources to help you get things off the ground and really set up your agency for success and scale. And thank you so much for having me here. I am delighted to be able to, you know, speak to your audience as it grows. Once again, thank you so much for carving out the time to hear what was shared on today's podcast. Now, chances are, if you're an agency owner listening to this podcast right now, then you may be feeling like this. Because I was finding myself constantly overworked within our business, um, constantly like too busy with fulfillment or too busy with uh, customer service needs. So I didn't have the time to go think about how am I going to close this person or what I'm going to say to this person or what am I going to do with this or what's the next strategy I need to do. Now, of course, this podcast is here to help you with a lot of things. But at one episode per week, it's going to take a while for us to share everything you need specifically for your situation. So if you're really serious about committing to fixing the problems in your agency now so you can build a truly profitable business and get your life back, then I want to invite you to apply for the Agency Accelerator Program. I'm not so stressed during calls thinking, oh my gosh, I got, I got to sell, I got to sell, I got to sell because if I don't sell, I don't make our I don't make our numbers, you know, and if I don't make our numbers, I can't pay our people. If I can't pay our people, then our business is down. This program is designed to help creative agency owners get to 1 million in revenue per year in 12 months or less. I char typically charge one client a $3,000, anywhere from 2000 to 3000 Now I'm uh, moving towards only 5000 and up. And my latest client that I closed is a $10,000 client on a monthly retainer. We only accept about 20% of the agencies that apply to this program because we wanna make sure that we only work with people who will commit the time, energy, and resources required to take what they learn in the program and use it to create an agency of their dreams. You've taught me and you've taught us how to build this within our company that if X happens, this happens, boom, 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 boom. Like it's so systematic that it's gonna work for itself. That has given me the sense of like, oh, I know what the heck I'm talking about. I know what I'm good at. I know that I can deliver upon what I wanna deliver. And it, yeah, I gained hell of a lot of confidence for sure. So if that's you, then I want to invite you to apply today. Just hit the link in the show notes to apply for the Agency Accelerator Program or go to creativeagencysuccess.com forward slash apply. Thanks, and I'll see you inside the program. Mm -hmm.